Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business heard here on 94.3 wsc every saturday morning from 9 to 9 30 or you might be hearing us via a heart radio or even on our podcast at coastalwm.com i'm one of your hosts here on this lovely Saturday in December, Eric Cox with our crew, Byron and Leslie. Good morning to you guys. Good morning, and uh, Eric's lying to you. He's not a host today. He is actually a guest. And uh, Leslie, let's, uh, let's I talk thought about, about not coming back, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you all are pretty tough. You ask a lot of tough questions. Unfortunately, uh, he had to since Now I know what show. our guests go through. You know, this is <laughs> know. brutal, right? This yeah. is no, awesome. This is fun. Yeah, so if, and if you guys missed it, you always go to our website. What's our website? CoastalWM.com and click on that radio icon and actually... Uh, you can listen to all of our shows. Believe it or not, over the last five years, guys, we're finishing up five years. And, uh, glad to say we will be starting our sixth year in a couple of weeks. And not only that, we will have a title sponsor jumping on with us. The College of Charleston uh, School of Business will be with us. And so we're excited to have them. And we have a kind of a really neat um, uh, opportunity coming up and some surprises that we'll throw at you next year. So we're excited about that. And also, I must be remiss if I didn't say we're also a little sad because today, uh, not that he'll be his very last show, but Byron is expanding his practice as well from South Carolina up to New York, um, where his future in-laws are. And so he'll be traveling a lot back and forth and won't get to participate nearly as much on the show. I know. We're going to miss you. We will miss you and certainly appreciated having you as a host here with us on the show. You've done an amazing job, my oh, friend. Thank you. I'm going to miss being here, and what a, a good last full-time show is to be able to interview you. So, wow. I, mean, I don't know about that part, yeah. here we <laughs> are. What they say? Let's get the show rolling, right? Let's yeah. get the show rolling. Well, Leslie, let's, yes. uh, let's talk about Eric like he's not here for a moment. Uh, there let, we go. Let him feel the, uh, the heat like most of our guests <laughs> you do. just sit there. Um, sit there and listen. What, what was one of your biggest takeaways? Well, actually, uh, it's funny. Working with Eric for so long, there was so much I didn't know about him. Um, well, the fact people that People you know, stories said, you don't. That's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. See, this is proof. The proof is in the pudding, man. Um, The fact that he was shy, uh, painfully shy growing up. I was surprised at that. Doesn't even make sense, right? It doesn't even make sense. And um, the fact that also he was very much into being a doctor and then a lawyer. And so the entrepreneur, he's such an a huge advocate of entrepreneurship and is an entrepreneur himself. I just can't believe that that wasn't something that he was born with the desire to be, especially after hearing about how his parents were both entrepreneurs as long as he can remember and had many, many, many businesses. So it's just funny how oh my gosh. corporate and, and then corporate life was such a huge part of his um, yeah. journey. I mean, he, he couldn't have veered further from entrepreneurship than climbing the corporate ladder for 18 years for one of the largest companies in the United States that has been around for a long time in New York life. And, you know, that's that's my biggest takeaway is, you know, having gone through all of that growing up, seeing the, you know, the, the highs of entrepreneurship and then the falls and then going as far on the other end as you can and then climbing the corporate ladder and then 
everything is at your doorstep, everything that you've worked for for 18 years, and then you decide to become an entrepreneur. Yes. So yes, let's. Yes. I think that's a probably a great place to start. Yeah, Eric. Can you give us a show. recap? A Man. small a small recap on how you got to where you are, and uh, you know the, the how the family came along, and and give us give yeah. us that. So you know, last week when we finished up the show. It was neat because you know I don't usually sit on this side of the table, yes. right? Yes. Um, it was interesting to walk away. Now I know what our, our guests feel like week in week out to really reflect on the journey. Yes. Um, and so many things you kind of just forget about. And how much really goes into the journey itself. And so, you know, as I mentioned last week, I had spent uh, 20 years in corporate America, 18, the last 18 years with one organization and uh, worked my way up the ladder and really worked hard at trying to you know, position myself and get that great opportunity offered. And what's interesting is, you know, the day finally did come that I had that opportunity offered. And ironically, the moment it was offered, um, I felt like that wasn't at that time now what I wanted. And it was a really hard moment for me um, because I had worked so hard and was so focused and was such a company man uh, that when they offered me to move out to, to San Francisco and be a corporate vice president, um, that I just somehow knew in my heart that wasn't the right move. Um, you know, my wife, Lee, uh, and I had two young kids at that time, and, and Lee was a physical therapist by trade, had stopped working to stay home with the kids. And so here we were in a, you know, me with a corporate job, good paycheck all the benefits you could imagine, uh, her at home, raising the kids. Um, and then, you know, when Lee, you know, we talked about it, but she said, ultimately, Eric, you, you need to make this decision. You know what's right for our family. And, of course, Lee grew up down the street in Walterboro. This is her home. Right. And I'll never forget walking in that day and saying, honey, I, th- I think I've come to the decision. And she kind of looked at me and was like, oh, we're, we're going to California, aren't we? And I said, you know what? Actually, not only are we not going to go to California, but I think I'm going to um, – resign from the company and start my own business oh my gosh mic drop that's got to be a gut check because you believed about yourself something for 18 years you thought you were this person and in basically one phone call you had to come to the realization what i that person i thought i was my whole life this is exactly what i've been working for i'm not that person well i mightily believe in the value of mentors in your life and um claire story was my life coach for many many years god bless her soul is just such an angel to me and then after she passed i moved on to gary kinder who's uh, an industry expert out in dallas texas who was another just amazing influence in my life and you know it's amazing when you have people who you respect that much believe in that much give you wise counsel Uh, it takes time sometimes for you to hear it understand it and act on it but ultimately i think it was a culmination of that in my life and and guys i'll never forget uh when i told my lovely wife that we were going to you know leave corporate start our own business give up all of that give all that up i'll never forget what she said to me she said um eric as long as uh, she said we support you anything you think is right for us and what you want to do as long as I get my husband back and the kids get their father back. Oh. And Lee had never told me that her husband and the kid's father had kind of not been there as much. And so it was a pretty magical moment for me to say, you know what? This is the right decision. And, you can't ask um, for better validation than that. That's right. We're, we're going to go wow. build something. We're going to build something special. And, um, you know, I've got the full support of my family. And part of that was that book that my mentor gave me. Mm-hmm. Halftime, Halftime by Bob Buford. 
how to take your life from success to significance. And I knew at that moment, it's time to find ways to be significant in my life, in my clients' lives, my professional life, my personal life, my spiritual life. It's time to turn the dial. Wow. So you took the plunge off the corporate ladder into entrepreneurship. Walk us through the beginning. What was going through your mind? I mean, that is, I mean, that is such a leap of faith. I know you had the validation from the family, which is, you know, the most important piece, but professionally walk us through. Well, it was challenging because again, you're leaving your professional family. I mean, I have friends all over the country. I I, I knew people everywhere in every city with the organization. And, um, it was kind of shocking to them, shocking to me, but again, just knew in my heart, I had to go a different direction. Um, and part of that was, I think, Byron, having a support system. You were a part of that, right? There were many people in the organization that when I said, I'm going to leave, it said, hey, I don't know where you're going and what you're doing, but we'd like to kind of be a part of this and, and go do this together. And so it was nice to have support from friends and family and just those in my inner circle that encouraged me and believed in me because there were definitely moments I'm thinking, what in the heck am I doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, waking up in the middle of the night going, oh my gosh, I have two young kids mm-hmm. and a wife and bills, and how am I going to make that work? So it was definitely uh, scary, but there's just this, I don't know, a calming sense in your soul when you just, you know, you fall back on what you know. And what I have always known was, I know how to work. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know what's going to look like, but I know this, nobody will outwork me. And I'll be there every morning and I'll stay late every night until we can find some you know, resemblance of success. And that's what we did. Motivation um, by you, necessity, yeah. you said, hey, let's go do this together. And I had others that said, hey, let's go do this. It was kind of the Jerry Maguire moment. <laughs> and you know, thank God. And when I looked around, there's a few people said, yeah, we want to go do this with you. Let's go. And, um, you know, it was an inspiring moment, a scary moment. But I can tell you it was one of the most defining moments of my life. Now, all of that sounds amazing, but I know that there's got to be some mistake that you made early on that maybe some entrepreneur who is listening now could avoid if you were to give them any advice on starting a company. What was something that maybe you would have done differently in those early years? Uh, I probably would have relied on more external counsel than I did. Um you know, I thought I had it mapped out. I thought I knew exactly what was going to happen, and here's the steps you take. And, you know, the wasn't five minutes into it. Here we were, twisting and turning, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, instantly as I left, uh, we had an opportunity to kind of join forces with an existing firm in town, and I thought this is the way it's going to go, and ultimately I can buy this guy out, and this will be – and, you know, it just didn't turn out that way. And, you know, for whatever reasons, things happen in life, mm-hmm. and you roll with the punches – but I think believing that just because I have a plan, it's all going to go exactly the way I have it laid out, that's probably not how it's going to go. So you got to learn to be flexible. Mm-hmm. you learn to roll with the moment. And also learn that, uh, and I think just over my life this has evolved, that um, you know what, things are going to change constantly. And I never was a big lover of change growing up. I mean, I was at one company for 18 years. <laughs> um, but learning how to embrace change and that change brings opportunity. Because every time something changed on me i didn't change it mm-hmm. when we got on the other side i looked back and thought you know what that moment was one of the greatest things that could have happened to me because it forced us to think differently it forced us to stretch it forced us to do something differently that turned out to be a great defining moment for our business and i've you know I, i'm i'm in the business and i know you know the answer to a lot of these questions but you know i'll, I'll ask this question anyways you know you were in, in corporate america you're in a position of 
managing. You were in charge of coaching, teaching people. You were still involved in sales, but then you flipped the switch and you're in charge of building your own clientele, which is different. That's pretty different. So, you know, for those that are in the industry and know it a little bit, those that are just in sales, how did you go about flipping that switch and growing your own personal practice? Uh, great, great introspective, Byron. Uh, that was probably the thing that scared me the most. Yeah. And, and no offense to anybody that's listening this morning that is in management, but I think I came to that quick realization. I had been teaching, coaching others how to do this job for 20 years, but it was my turn. And teaching and coaching it, it's very different than doing it, by the way. It really is. And I'm like, wait a minute. I've been teaching these techniques and strategies, but I actually have to do it. And I didn't know if I could. Um, I was scared to death of that. That was the single biggest element hanging over my head of, can I actually do what I've been preaching all these years? And what I found out was, yeah, I can do it. And I can do it pretty well. And I guess after you've been teaching it that long, you, know, you saw a lot of the things that people didn't execute well, what you would have done differently. And so you can hopefully eliminate some of those mistakes and can really focus more on what you do to grow it the right way. And so it, it, it took me a few months, six months or so before the confidence grew. But once I kind of realized, wait a minute, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Um, I had a few early clients, friends and folks that just believed in me and said, man, we would love to do business with you. And they were so instrumental to, to helping us start and grow this business. Um, uh, because of client confidential, I can't say their names. Mm -hmm. I wish I sure. could, but there's a couple people just right out of the gate that poured into me and, and really loved on Lee and I and our business and our family. And it just gave me belief and confidence. And what an amazing um, gift that that is. When you start to believe and have confidence in what you're doing, anything is possible. Now to that, to that end about growing and changing, tell us a little bit about how your business has grown and changed over the years and has evolved and what you thought you were going to do or where you were going to take the business back in those early days and what it is what it is now that sets your business apart from everyone else that's doing the same thing it's all those years of experience right and mm -hmm. seeing things and listening to to people and what they love about their experience that they've gone through and what they really didn't like about our industry and unfortunately there's a lot not to like about the financial services industry right there's just a lot of things that go on out there and so for me as we were going through this and really it's our team we all talked a lot about what can we do to be different right and um, our corporate experience all of us came from corporate experience and so all of us had different corporations we worked with but all had that same common uh, belief that we want to do it differently than what you get from a from a corporate role. No offense, again, if you're listening and you're in a mm -hmm. corporate role, that's for you. That's great. But for us, we said we want to deliver a different experience for us and for our client. And so right out of the gate, we knew we wanted to be boutique, not corporate. We wanted to be intimate and relational, not transactional. And so everything that we did was designing and developing a platform for our client to go through a process, not through a transaction, and to really be involved in life at a level that nobody really is. And so we developed and built out a model. And again, just through great people on our team, uh, I realized very quickly, um, if we're going to do this and do it well, we got to get people a lot smarter than me involved. And so we went and got you know Tyler Corn, who's our CFA that manages our portfolios. And we have Morgan Crawford, who's our CFP that does all the financial planning work. And then you know Leah's come on board as our assistant. And then ultimately, as, as things were evolving... And, of course, Byron and other advisors from around the country started becoming a part of it. Um, it grew, and it and it scaled. 
And then next thing you know, the practice really starts taking on a new identity, mm-hmm. uh, which creates a whole other level of challenges because you don't want to outgrow your infrastructure. But uh, certainly, I think a defining moment for me, again, change creates opportunity, was um, we unfortunately lost one of our key individuals that had to move away. And it's like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? And you have to redesign it. And part of that redesign actually was a conversation with my wife, Lee, that she was going to reenter the workforce as a physical therapist, but didn't really love going back to that world. And we said, look, we want to build out and grow um, our client relations role and really cater to our clients. And, and um, there's nobody better at doing that no, than her. She's amazing. And Love so you, Lee. Lee became part of Coastal Wealth Management and runs our client relations platform now. And so to be able to have my wife and my kids, I mean, my three wonderful kids coming in there on a regular basis, um, our family that we have as, as the business, you know, it's been the most incredible element of what we've done is the relationships that we have around us. So walk us through the philosophy of Coastal Wealth Manager. Kind of hinted to it a little bit. Why don't you dive a little deeper? Well, I think, again, Byron, you know, you and I over the years have redefined what we want to create with this. Um, and it's just watching what experience that people don't get in a lot of other places, not just in the financial planning, in other industries, other businesses. It seems like today in our world, um, the consumer, the client, um, it's not really appreciated the level it should be. And so we wanted to create a a financial planning platform and process that we could take people through where we could help them identify you know, everything financial in their world and map and plan that out through a sophisticated you know planning uh, strategy. And so that was something we focused on building. But uh, over time, we realized we got to be great at that. We got to be great at managing money, but we also have to be great at delivering an experience. And I joke. Um, that we are kind of like the halls of financial planning, right? <laughs> we want to create an experience beyond just the fact that we deliver a great um, um, you know, core competency, but we want the client to have an experience. And so that's been a really key part of our philosophy is to build out an organization um, with individuals like yourself, Byron, and the others that we have on the team that, that it is a relational situation i think we have found that not all clients are right for us and vice versa but the ones who fit it's a glorious relationship and that's a great point how do you handle turning away business and as an entrepreneur i think a lot of people they just want that you know it's all about getting the money especially in the early years how do you how do you handle that and how do you know when someone is not a right customer for you yeah um, so first of all, if they're a customer, they're not right for us. Okay. And if they're a client, that's an opportunity for us. And so I think it's a great way to say it. To me, a customer's transactional, right? Right. And so somebody comes in and says, hey, I just want you to just manage this bucket of money as cheap as you can and really don't want all this planning and be thinking about tax planning and estate planning. We don't want the experience. We just want a transaction. They're not right for us. And you're right, uh, Leslie, that in the beginning, we didn't say no. Right. I didn't really want to do a lot of transaction, but I feel like we had to. But today, thank God, we're in a position to where we can uh, truly select our clients and, and our, our clients select us. And so we go through a discovery process, very uh, uh, casual meetings up front to see if it's kind of like dating. I was going to say, it's kind of like dating. And we have right? very open, very transparent conversation <laughs> right. about the experience mm-hmm. and what we're going to deliver and also what we expect from our clients because it's a two-way street. And at the end of that discovery, if they don't feel like 
hey, this is a good fit. I'm okay with it. Um, I've got friends here, have a lot of friends in town that own other financial planning shops. We'll send them to them. Um, we'll help them figure it out. Right. Um, but at the same time, if it's a good fit, we both have explored that enough to know it's going to be a long-standing relationship. Yeah, and that's the key. It's building a long-term relationship. So, you know, we're we're incredibly blessed to be where we are today. What's your what's your vision for Coastal Wealth Management in the future? Well, buyers like any business, you want to continue to grow and scale it. We mm-hmm. all do. You have to survive, and, and in order to do that, you have to grow the organization. And so, we want to grow and scale it, um, but by far as a team we've all talked about this we don't want to lose the core identity of who we are and that again is a boutique firm that specializes in the relationship and so as much as i want to grow and scale i don't want us to outgrow our infrastructure Mm -hmm. and i don't want ever ever to lose what makes us special and you know people say well why would you want to get on there even talk about what you're doing that makes you special that's your secret Um, it's really hard to do what we do Mm -hmm. and i don't think a lot of people could replicate that and so um, I don't want us to lose that. As long as whatever we do in growth, as long as we can maintain that core element of who we are, Byron, I think Coastal Wealth Management will be a perpetual company that will long survive all of us. And no one else gives me a charcuterie plate whenever we have a meeting. That is true. I mean, come on now. In bubbles, right? In, in bubbles. bubbles. I didn't know, know your if client. I was allowed to say know that. You, absolutely. Know your clients. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's about creating a, a great uh, experience. Uh, that's procured specifically for the client that you're with. And by mm-hmm. the way, there is so much joy in giving to others. Um, I, I will tell you a, a quick story. Back in my days when I was kind of coming through, I was with my mentor, Gary Kinder, and I was at a meeting in Dallas, and um, he had brought speakers in. He said, I want to introduce you to this guy. And um, the speaker of the day came up to me, this tall, tiring, big guy. had a patch over one of his eye. His name was Tremendous Charlie Jones, and um, Charlie was an author, motivational speaker, just an icon in in the industry. And this big, tall man comes up and smacks me in the face and puts his hands, large hands on my face. He says, young man, he goes, your life is going to be shaped and formed by two things and two things only, the people you meet and the books you read. And I will tell you, I had no idea how true that was going to be in my life. Wow. And so... You know, along the way, all those relationships and along the way, the instrumental books that have been a part of my life mm-hmm. have been literally transformative right. to becoming who I am as a human being, who I am as a father, a husband, and as an entrepreneur. Wow. Now, d- before we start wrapping things up, for, and I was wondering, is there a myth that you want to dispel or a misconception about your industry that maybe people who have never even thought that they needed a, a financial plan of any kind that you can um, let them know? I think there's a couple, certainly. Yeah. I think one is uh, you know, you'll have some folks who may say, well, you know what? We're really not at the place where we need somebody yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's a true fallacy. Um Financial planning and our our personal finances mm-hmm. are so intimate and so a part of our life. Um, I couldn't imagine any other part of your life that's that important. A marriage, raising children, where you don't need wise counsel. And so whether it's as formalized as sitting down and doing a true financial plan and going through a whole process, or it's a little bit more informal, I think mm-hmm. anybody who's working, making money, raising a family, has a business, doing the things of life, should have wise counsel in the financial realm. Mm. 
I think that would certainly be a fallacy that I, that I see it's out there. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I think there's folks who, who, who are very wealthy and affluent. They've done very well. Um, some of them have, a lot of them have like done it on their own, right? Same thing, still having people to help them through that process. Because there's some core elements of our industry that you know will always be impactful, that will never go away, like taxes and tax planning and estate planning. And having people to give you good counsel on that is just imperative. Well, I know one of the um, one of the last pieces we like to ask our entrepreneurs. So I ask you briefly: is your involvement in the community one of the greatest aspects about being a successful entrepreneur? Is being able to give back? Why don't you just briefly walk us through your community we, involvement? I think we've been very involved individually and as an organization. Uh, we want to do a lot more. Um, giving back, been on a lot of boards. I've scaled my boards back over the years uh, to try to focus. Um, put, most people know from me being a host on this show for five years, the College of Charleston um, is a passion of ours. I'm on the foundation board over at the college and serve that as well as the board of governors. Very been been very active in, in my church. Um, we've worked a lot in kids' organizations over the years, and really that's a, a focus for us going forward as an organization. I want to see Coastal Wealth Management become one of the most philanthropy oriented organizations in our community and so that's another role that lee will have as the client relations managers to take on this uh, philanthropy opportunity do we have time for any lightning real quick real quick all right number one thing on your bucket list um number one thing on my bucket list probably would be to um do something that was in my life plan uh that claire Starr helped me build it which was create a children's center for underprivileged children here in charleston oh my gosh see something i never knew about you all right one habit quirky thing that no one knows about you oh man i think most people probably know it that know me but i absolutely uh love and adore my kids mm-hmm. and i love and adore being on a boat with my kids ah awesome awesome in addition to that what are you most proud of well certainly byron um you know, my kids, Annabelle, Aiden, and Jacob, uh, would be at the top of that list, along with my wife, Lee. Um, but beyond that, you know, I really just, um, I'm so proud of what we have built with our organization. And when I say that, it's the team that we have, some of the most amazing people in the world, and truly our clients. Um, we have the best clients in the world with great relationships. There's mutual respect. And uh, it's just a blessing to be able to think that every single day we get to go in and do business with people that are on our team and with clients that we just care about so much and that care about us. Well, I think that we're wrapping things up, right? Sounds great. Guys, you all did a great job interviewing, (laughs) by the way. You make your guests feel so comfortable in this chair. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Oh, well, it's good to see that you could be a host and a guest. You're multi-talented, Eric. Well, we're wrapping up another show here on Beyond the Business. People you know, stories you don't. And uh, we're going to wind up the year with our last two shows, something very special to wind out the year. So look forward to that over the next two Saturdays. And until then, Low Country, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 o'clock for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.